Welcome to Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations to help you examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. You heard it correctly. We don't give you the one right answer. We talk about issues, sometimes we disagree on solutions, and then you decide on your own approach. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Marna. Good morning, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Marna. morning, Kelly. And I'd like to say good morning to all our listeners. Thanks for joining us. By the way, if you have a question or have something you'd like to share with us about this or any other episode, please send it to us at inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Today, we're talking about lending money to friends. Now, as I tell you the topic, I'm immediately reminded of an old cartoon showing two men talking. One says to the other, you know, my buddy was really getting on my nerves, so I loaned him some money and I haven't seen him since. I had no idea that this was such a hot topic until I mentioned it to folks in my immediate social circle, and it seems like everyone, except for Kelly and Mike, has their own version of a story about lending money to friends. The people and circumstances differ, but they all have this in common. It doesn't end well. I'm going to tell this story with permission from the principal person. One of my coworkers had a lifelong friend. I mean, they went from elementary school to adulthood together. They were in each other's weddings, all that. My coworker loaned his friend a large sum of money, over $3,000, because his friend had fallen on hard times. He had many stressful life situations going on at the same time, such as a job loss, a divorce, and relocation expenses. So my coworker said to him, here's a loan. We'll discuss repayment after the first of the year. It was clearly a loan. Well, January came and went, and the guy's situation was no better. In fact, he needed more money to pay his rent, which my coworker provided. Months, then years went by with no mention of repayment. My coworker eventually just wrote off the loan in his mind until he learned through the grapevine that the guy who had borrowed all this money had recently come into a large inheritance in excess of $100,000. Clearly, after years of financial despair, he now had means to make good on his debt. So my coworker reached out to see about repaying the loan. Well, it was a bad scene between the two of them, very hateful and angry. The borrower was super indignant and resentful, if you can imagine that. But afterwards, he reluctantly started sending my coworker a small check each month, $200. Most months, not every month, but most months, he sent money to start paying down the now $3,700 loan. That's without interest. The friendship for all purposes, is over. So I'm troubled over this story because I think my first inclination would be to loan a friend money and probably to do it just on a handshake alone, especially if the friend were somebody I grew up with and had a long friendship and there was an element of trust there. My caveat would be, of course, not if they had a gambling or substance abuse problem or a history of reckless spending or bad decisions. But having said that, after hearing all these cautionary tales from people in my circle about lending money to friends and never getting it back, I have to say it gives me pause, and I'm not sure that I would loan money. So let me go to you first, Mike. What do you see as the takeaways from this unfortunate story? 
Ugh, Marna. It's a you it's know. a big ug, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, just this topic kind of makes me feel a little cringy. Yeah, cringy, yeah, a little slimy. Because it brings together so many of these powerful human emotions, right? Friendship and, you know, love between two people uh, is just one of the most powerful emotions out there. And then the impulse to help someone you care about is a very strong emotion, very strong impulse. And then it's often these two collide in a, in the most difficult and ugly of ways. So I guess that, you know, and this is not, everybody says this, but if you're going to lend money to someone that you care about, you need to be ready to lose that friendship. I think that should just sort of be a going in proposition, a growing in assumption. It's just a very difficult situation. You know, maybe we should look at it in terms of, you know, if you're going to lend money to a friend, don't use the verb lend, use the verb give. Be ready to give that money. If the need is great enough, if the friendship is deep enough, just give the money. You know, that is a note that I made in my prep stuff. Mm -hmm. A certain amount below which it's like a grant and you don't expect repayment. Hey, this is a gift. Make it clear. Yeah. And it's also, sure, I'm going to get all sorts of comments on this next, uh, my next comment, but oftentimes people over-dramatize their need. It's kind of like in the world of budgeting, okay? You you think you're going to need $100 in your budget next year, so you ask for 120 hoping that you get 100 or 80 And so maybe you you offer to give less than whatever the amount is that's the stated need. You know, and you just kind of handle it that way. And then it reminds me of our discussions um, on inheritance. You know, what happens to otherwise strong and functional families when all of a sudden money is on the table? You know, sometimes they blow up and we've... Terrible things happen. Right. How many times have we discussed that, you guys? Many times. I think we've Mm -hmm. had three podcasts on that. Yes. So... It's the same, these same principles apply when it comes to lending friends uh, money. And so I would be really, really cautious with it. And again, if you are under the illusion that this is all going to work out well, just, I would say, kind of set that one aside up front and be prepared to lose the friendship. Um, And maybe look at it, doing it, if you you have the means to help, maybe look at doing it as a a gift as opposed to some sort of um, loan arrangement. So. Yeah. And I think that my coworker in his mind had just written it off as a gift, even though it was a lot of money. Right. But then he heard about this inheritance that this guy got, and he was like, well, well, now, wait a minute. If he got that kind of money, he can pay back this loan. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. it was no longer a gift. <laughs> and then look how, look how the one friend turned on the other. Look how the receiver of the, the loan slash gift turned on the other. You know, And again, yeah. it, it warps people's perspective. It changes their mind. Somewhere in my research for all of this, uh, I came across an interesting phrase, which is sometimes money is thicker than blood, you know, and I think that I think that applies to inheritance. And yeah, and sometimes that applies to gift, you know, money, money lending to friends. Yes. Well, I was reminded of that line from Hamlet that Polonius says to his son, neither a borrow nor a lender be for loan of it loses both itself and a friend. Wow, you guys, that's quoting Shakespeare this early in the morning. Oh, man. Now, Polonius was kind of a dirtbag, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But that's a really good phrase, I think. Kelly, you want to weigh in here? 
Yeah, I mean, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Exactly. (laughs) The whole thing is kind of ridiculous, but not surprising. I'm sure that the friend owed a lot of people money by the time he got the $100,000. You know, he had the divorce. He was struggling to pay his rent even after he was loaned $3,000 plus. So I'm sure he had a lot of people he was supposed to kind of get right with and he was trying to avoid that and have a little money in his pocket. It's difficult because some people really truly are good people and need help and it's hard to discern between those folks and the folks that are less scrupulous like this gentleman. The gentleman might not be even a fair term. And it's you know it's the old you know speaking of sayings that you know I love Ben Franklin he's got I have a book of his sayings, and he's got a saying for everything, and often they're very funny. But one is, creditors have better memories than debtors, <laughs> Yeah, right? Which is exactly what happened here. Wow, that's good. Oof. Yeah, Thank he you, was, Ben. He, he was so sharp. What I would recommend, obviously, is a formal written loan agreement of some kind, not a handshake agreement. Now, oral contracts can be enforceable um, if the statute of frauds doesn't apply. And basically, the statute of frauds is just a requirement um, that certain agreements have to be in writing or they're not enforceable. And that can vary from state to state, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. But often, anything regarding real estate has to be in writing. You know, contracts that take a longer time period to complete. Um, often contracts over a certain sum of money. But you can have a handshake agreement and an oral agreement that could be enforceable, but it's definitely much more problematic, and you're going to have people with different memories. And, of course, the person who's loaned the money is going to say it's a gift. So, you know, my, my opinion would be if you are going to, you know, decide to lend a friend money, you would want to say, okay, you know, I've thought about it. I want to help you, but we're going to sign this formal agreement, noting the amount of money uh, with an interest, you know, some kind of an interest rate and a schedule for you to pay me back. If the person balks at that, well, that tells you really where they were coming from in the first place. Well, I could totally see a friend saying, now, why do we have to go to all this formal paperwork? I mean, can't we just have an understanding between friends here? We're for friends. We've been friends our whole life. Right. But yeah, but you're asking me to lend you a significant sum of money. And I don't want to ruin our friendship. And you've indicated you want to pay the money back. So you should have no difficulty or objection to signing this. I'm with you, Kelly. I tell you, if, if I was willing to do that for a friend and a friend all of a sudden balked at like a formal agreement or a written agreement, I would be running the other way, unless you just want to give them the money. Right, which I don't, I think that's just stupid. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all work really Mm -hmm. hard for our money. I don't mind losing money to family. Family is a different category. But for friends, no, no way. I mean, if if they need money, either I'm going to give it to them, um, which generally speaking, I'm not in a position to do that, or I'm going to offer to help them, but it's going to be in a formal manner. And if they're not comfortable with that, then too bad. Go elsewhere. Kelly, do you believe that that same formality should exist within, in a loan within family? I do. I agree too. It's just good business. I tend to agree with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do because I, 
Memories truly do vary and can vary significantly. And it could be really in good faith. Both sides could really remember it differently. Um, I know we often think, oh, you know, the person that, you know, was loaned the money is just, you know, acting in bad faith is, but they could really be confused or have a different memory. So it's just putting things in writing. And I, you know, I guess this is the lawyer in me. Everything I do every day is in writing. You know, if I have a discussion with with a with a, a client or something at work, I'll always follow up with a brief email and you know just to memorialize what we discussed. And I'll say, you right. know, if I you know please let me know if I've misunderstood, you know, or misstated anything. And that way, it's out there. If I don't hear back from them that day, then as far as I'm concerned, that's what happened. And mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to loaning money, you can either hire an attorney or there are a lot of great forms online. This is not a complicated, you know, type agreement. And you just, you know, the person acknowledges that they're borrowing money, the sum, you know, the terms and, and conditions and you one know, page. Off you, you go. can download it. Make sure it's signed by both parties. It's very simple. Yeah, it's it's very straightforward. And if the person doesn't want to do it, then again, they can go somewhere else. I think those are great ideas, Kelly. I I have this sort of again, as I've expressed a couple times this morning, this gut reaction to lending money to both friends and family because uh, although it's not been my experience, I know of it around me that it has just ruined a lot of friendships and it's ruined relationships within family. That being said, I think often. It, it makes sense to me when, you know, within a family, for example, you consider lending money to a young member of the family as opposed to like your peer within the family. Because I think sometimes that can really help young people get a, get a leg up, jumpstart their lives, whatever the case might be. And I've, I've known many families where this has worked and worked well. However, that being said, if you're going to lend money to a younger member of the family, I think it's also a great opportunity to educate that younger member of the family and do it with, you know, the document you're talking about, Kelly. Show them that you're generous. Show them that they have incurred a significant responsibility. And then show them the the legal uh, framework that you're going to use to make sure that, you know, they meet their, meet their debts. Yeah. So. An alternative would be to help them to sign off on a loan that they get through a lender of some kind. You could help them find uh, a reputable lender, a good interest rate, help them learn how to shop that, you know, versus mm-hmm. like borrowing on a credit card where you're going to, you know, you're getting killed. And then you could agree to sign off on that if they, you know, assuming they don't have credit and, you know, the lender's looking for somebody to, you know, back the loan in case, you know, the young person uh, defaults. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. would be, pl- that way you're helping them improve their credit score and, and develop credit. Otherwise, you know, you're doing them, you know, a big favor, but you're not improving their credit score and helping them develop that credit history, which is so important. Great idea. I think that could be a really valuable tool. I have heard these stories. The young person defaults on the loan, and now you're on the hook for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely, that happens. And it's horrible. And that's why you want to be so careful. And when you do it, you need to go in you know, eyes wide open that that you could end up being responsible. And and that's why you would want the loan to be modest, you know, something that 
you know, if they default on it, you could handle it. You know, you don't want it to be $100,000, you know, maybe $1,000 or something that where you're willing, okay, if this happens, I'll cover it. You know, the other thing is nowadays, you know, interest is really going up rapidly with the inflationary situation. And you just need to be mindful, you know, of the value of money within a short time, even now, it's not going to be like it's been where you're talking about, you know, 1% or something, you know, on the value of money or, you know, in your savings account. I mean, interest is is significant. um, Mm -hmm. And you need Mm -hmm. to address that. Now, Mike, you mentioned saying to your friend, this is a gift, you know, I'm going to help you out. It's not a a loan. Mm -hmm. So right. I'm thinking there must be an amount above which you're not going to give it, right? So I know that's going to be different for everybody. But what if that's significantly yeah. less than mm-hmm. your friend needs? You know, again, that's one of the factors you have to take into consideration when you go into these things. Number one, you know, you may lose the friendship and you may lose the money. I just think that people usually figure out a way to make things work. At least that's been my experience, especially when they are required to tap into their ingenuity or their their energy. So, you know, if they want $10,000, maybe you say, "Well, okay, I can I can manage 5." And and then let them figure it out from there. So, you've done a good deed, you've done them a good turn, but you haven't, you know, met all of their expectations. It's risky, risky business, fraught with danger. It does sound like a minefield. What do you think about a, a simple blanket personal policy? I don't loan money to friends. I think that's uh, I think that's a, probably <laughs> a pretty good way to go. Which you can always you can have that as a blanket policy, and then you can always make exceptions, right? But it it gives you kind of an out to say, hmm, just don't do that. I'm sorry. I'd love to help you. Is there something else I could do to help you? The other thing too, which you know we we've talked about, we've done a episode on panhandling. One of the things, if I remember right, one of our takeaways was instead of giving someone who's panhandling, giving them money, give them something of value, like buy them a meal or give them a ride or you know, maybe not give them a ride, but you know, do something material for them as opposed to giving them money. And that same principle might apply in this situation. You know, let me know what I can do to help you with a specific thing. I'm not just going to write you a check, but there's something I could do to help you with a, a, you know, a discreet thing that needs to be done. In this case, of course, it's going to be financial. Let me know what that is. And then maybe consider that as a gift. Okay. I think I know the answer to this, but uh, what do you think about making numerous loans to the same person? Oh, geez. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's just stupid. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I just don't lend money. I think that's a, the best policy, period. Well, I had a situation after my divorce where I had to borrow some money from my aunt to pay the bills. And it wasn't much. It was about 1000 And before I could pay it back, she died of cancer. And it was just between her and me. I don't think anybody else knew about it. But after her death, I called my cousin, her son, and said, "Uh, I don't know if you know this, but your mom loaned me $1,000, which I have not paid back yet. So I owe you and your sister, my other cousin, that money. And I can either put it in the estate now or I can just give you each a check for 500, whatever you want. And he said, "Uh, Marna, as it turns out, my mom loaned a lot of people money. You're only one of them, and it, it's okay. Just let it go. So thank you, Aunt Marge. Wow. Yeah, that's a poignant story. I think the old there's an old maxim out there, which is nothing like a good deed done quietly. I think if you are going to lend money, and like it, especially with it, within a family, uh, as your situation, Marna, 
I think those sort of things need to be very private. That does not need to be public knowledge because, again, it can cause greater and wider rifts within a family. As you said, I think in her mind it was a gift, but in my mind it was a loan, which I fully intended to pay back. As we're talking about loans, I'm remembering all those cases in front of Judge Judy. I don't make it a habit of watching (laughs) Judge Judy, but I have watched a couple. And there's always one person who said, well, I loaned him a couple thousand dollars, and the other... The defendant says, that you told me that was a gift. And there's no paperwork to support. Yeah, I mean, that's where having a handshake agreement is not a good idea. You know, get it in writing. I'm with Kelly. Totally agree. And, you know, we've talked about this in different episodes in the podcast, but memory is a tricky thing. And memory is often something that is not ironclad. So we imagine things in our past that, for whatever reason, are not the way that they played out at the time. I think we're still understanding memories and, you know, like, for example, eyewitnesses to crimes. You know, historically, we always felt like that was the most reliable evidence, right? That testimony, that's him. He's the one. And what we've learned is that eyewitness testimony is pretty unreliable, especially across different races and backgrounds. We're not, we're just not good. Um, And there's all sorts of studies uh, to support this fact. And I I just think memories are tricky. Just get it in writing. And it, it, it makes a court's job so much easier. And it also often helps you avoid going to court because the other party is like, yeah, wow, I did sign this. Um, you know, and if they seek counsel, counsel's going to say, you've got this obligation. You, you better work it out with the other party because if you go to court, it doesn't look good for you. And I think we can safely say if things come to that where each friend has counsel, the friendship is over. <laughs> Isn't that where we started? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? The friendship is gone. You're, you're now yeah. involved in a legal dispute. Yeah. So, yeah, we're right, we're right back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one more saying to close with from Ben Franklin, he that goes a-borrowing goes a-sorrowing. And indeed... <laughs> So does he that lends to such people when he goes to get it again. Thank you, Ben. He's definitely so clever and funny. So why don't we end on those words of wisdom from Ben Franklin? Sounds good to me. Let's keep this conversation going. Leave us an email, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com, or a voicemail at our website, ethicsandetiquette.com. Check out our Instagram, at ethicsetiquette. If you want to support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and we'd appreciate it if you took time to leave a positive review while you're there and thank you to all of you who keep sharing ethics and etiquette with your friends and family for kelly halligan zimmerman and mike derrick i'm marna ashburn and this is ethics and etiquette a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas please join us again new episodes are posted the first and third wednesdays of every month for the most part see you then